You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. the years, um, believe, you can believe this or not, but I have been criticized, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I have learned, and I am still learning, because when people say things, and when people think things, and, you know, the closer you get to the Lord, the, the more sensitive you are to things in the Spirit, and so you'll just, sometimes you'll hear conversations that you wish you'd never heard, <laughs> And that might sound foreign to you, but, you know, we, when we get saved, we come into a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that we become one with him. And, you know, there's conversations that, that Liz will be having that I'll overhear just because I'm one with her. And then usually I have to say, quit talking about me like that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She doesn't talk bad about me. But, you know, just, you just hear things. You just know things. Things go on. Things happen. And so you just have to come to this place in your walk with the Lord where nothing else matters except for what God says about you. That can be a challenge. Let me tell you, it is a challenge. But it's the place that we're all called to be. We're all called to be in his love consistently every day. And I I fail at it sometimes. But it's my goal. It's my aim in life to consistently remain in his love so that what's going on around me doesn't shake me, doesn't move me. If people and circumstances are moving us, then we've allowed them too much influence in our life. Because the love of God is supposed to bring a stability in us and around us and on us and through us that it just literally doesn't matter what else is going on. I heard this guy one time, I'll never forget this, he was... Uh, he has several churches, and in the middle of the night, one night, the somebody called him and said, "Pastor, you got to get to the church." He said, "It's it's on it's on fire. The building's on fire." And he was like, "Oh my gosh!" And so he gets in his car, and he's driving. And as he gets a ways out, he can see the flames shooting up in the building, and he stopped and pulled over on the side of the road, and he just was. <laughs> And he said, God, you have a problem. And he said, through this whole thing, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And when I heard that, I thought, there's a guy who's got a revelation of God's love. Because if we're screaming, oh, God, don't leave me. What are you going to do? What's going to happen here? We haven't got God's love worked in our heart like we really need to have it worked in there. It's not, we've not become rooted and grounded in love like we really need to. And that's no, there's no condemnation. I think we've probably all experienced things like that where we weren't as strong as what we should have been. But I want to be at a point to where if something in my life is on fire, that I can say, you know what, God, you got a problem. And no matter what happens here, I'm going to stick with you because I know you have the solution and I know you love me and it's just no problem. And, you know, I've over, over the years I've, I've had, and I'm, not, I'm, only, I'm only saying this just to make a point, that I've had people often criticize how we do things. It's funny. Some people come in and they go, oh, you're just, you have too much order. 
But then someone from like a maybe denominational background would come in and be like, you guys are whacked out of your minds. And so here's what I found. You just have to be who you are. And you just have to do what God's telling you to do and just be in love with Jesus and let him figure all the rest of the stuff out. It's just as simple as that. But do you know, and this is really important, do you know, and this is rhetorical, so don't anyone answer because you're probably going to answer wrong because I'm going to give you the right answer, all right? So I'm just warning you. If you answer, you might be embarrassed, all right? Do you know what the fruit of revival is? Ask yourself that. What is the fruit of revival? What is the fruit of awakening? And most people would answer miracles, signs, wonders, flames shooting from the building. And I wouldn't deny that all of that stuff is a part of revival and awakening, or it could be. And I've literally had my parents went to a church when I was probably not yet born, and there was flames shooting out of the building that neighbors would call. Some of you know the story. Neighbors would call. us was up in St. Louis like 40 years ago. This is before I was born because I'm not 40. But neighbors would call and the fire department and say, the church over there is on fire. This literally happened. The fire department would show up and they'd be like, where's the flames? <laughs> the church wasn't physically on fire, but there was a physical manifestation that people were seeing. So then the next time, there'd be another time where the fire department would be called. And it wasn't the same crazy people. It would be a different set of neighbors that were close to the church. The church is on fire. This happened multiple times. Different people were seeing manifestation outside physically of what was happening on the inside. Amen. And, you know, I've, I've been um, and heard so many different testimonies. I've yet to see it. I think we'll probably see it here. But see the glory cloud. As a matter of fact, I'm very confident that we have or that we will because the glory of God rests on us. Amen. And we'll see physical manifestation of that, I have no doubt. But you know that the glory cloud is not the fruit of revival. It could come in the midst of revival, awakening, stirring, the Holy Spirit resting on us, all of those things. When you become more aware of his presence, things just happen in your life. Things happen in services. Did you know that none of that stuff is the fruit of revival? You know, we can have healings. And we can have all kinds of things. We could have people, uh, <laughs> R-O-F-L, you know, rolling on the floor laughing. We could have all of that. And we, we have had some of that, and we'll probably have more of that. But you know that none of that is really the real true fruit of revival. Are you all ready to know what the true fruit of revival is? It's a transformed life. Because I have been in places where the spirit of God was moving, the presence of God was heavy, the glory was there, and the corporate gathering, and then we stepped out, and what was taking place in people's lives didn't change. Their lives were not transformed. It was just that they were in a powerful service. You can be in a powerful service. You can have the Holy Ghost moving. You can have... Healing manifests in your body. You could see people come out of wheelchairs. You could see the dead raised. And I want all of those, all of that stuff. I want all that stuff. But really, what God is after more than anything is transformed lives. Because his commission to the disciples was to go into all the world 
and make disciples, to preach the gospel and to, to teach them and to preach and to make disciples. Well, a disciple is a learned one, one who is learning. And so it's interesting that we talk about the Holy Ghost and about the power of God and the glory of God, and I love, and sometimes we have services that are spectacular, and sometimes we have services that are less, less spectacular, and I can't always give you the answer for that. We just follow what God's telling us to do, and we just do it, but oftentimes people are looking for the spectacular, and they miss the supernatural. You guys did good. Let's come over here. Sometimes people are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. You guys can amen that too. I mean, twice is nice, right? But that's really what indicates a spirit of revival. And I'm saying all that to say this. We have a spirit of revival that's on this church. We haven't seen with our eyes everything we want to see, but what we are seeing are transformed lives. We're seeing people be turned around in their own personal life and set on fire for Jesus. We're doing it. We're fulfilling the Great Commission. And I think that there's, Jesus said, or it's recorded in Mark, Mark said, preach the gospel. And Matthew said, teach all nations. And so there's an element of preaching and an element of teaching. This is just my personal perspective. I, I, it's probably not 100%, but just kind of how I see it. Outside of the four walls, you preach, you proclaim, you declare the goodness of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when it comes to inside, you disciple people, you teach them. Because if you have somebody that has an experience without revelation, it won't hold If you have an experience without revelation, that person has nothing to build their life upon except for an experience, and experiences come and go. So we have to, we have to come to this place, and we are, praise God, I, I commend you. We have to come to this place to where we just enter into this, this reality of continuing to have our life transformed, and folks, that is revival. That is re that's what revival looks like. We're often looking, and I'll say it again, we're looking for something that's spectacular. We're looking for riding on the wall. We're looking for a glory cloud. And honestly, I think that it's, it's backwards whenever people are seeking the sign and they stop seeking the one who gave the sign or who can give the sign. And there's been a lot of churches really messed up because signs were happening, wonders were happening, and they begin to worship what God was doing, and they stop worshiping the one who gave it. I don't ever want to fall into that. I never want to come to that place. I don't want to be a glory seeker. I want to be a Jesus seeker. I don't want to be after an emotion or a touch or a high. And you're like, well, don't you like that stuff? Heck yes, I do. I love being in worship and just have the, the overwhelming sense of God's love. He, he wants to rest on us. And he wants us to experience him. He wants us to encounter him. He wants to do things to where we feel him. God gave us emotions. They're the spice of life. We're supposed to experience him on an emotional level. But how many of y'all know? When you go to Six Flags, which I desperately hate going there, but anyways, when you go to Six Flags, you only spend 30 seconds or 60 seconds on a roller coaster 
and you spend an hour waiting in line and half of your day just walking around going from place to place, right? And I'm not trying to compare the Holy Ghost to a roller coaster. What I'm saying is you don't always have a high all the time. And if you live that way, you're always looking for that. You're going to find yourself being very disappointed. And this is very true. You will find yourself comparing the church that God has called you to to all of the experiences that you had. Churches actually are not, the, churches are the bread and butter of the kingdom of God. Now, they went to a conference, and they're going to testify here in a minute, and I'm not saying that because they went to a conference, or saying this because they went to a conference, but I go to conferences, I go to at least two every year. It's just part of what I need. It's good for me. I love it. I gain a lot, a lot from it. But I don't live off of conferences. I gain things from it, and then I come back and I live it out in my life. I allow those things, <clears throat> I allow those things to be implanted in my heart and then produce in me what it's supposed to produce. Nuggets, revelation, understanding, concepts, ideas, words, wisdom. I take that and then I just apply it to my life. But that is not the thing that sustains me. And you know the Sunday morning service, and it's powerful. We have awesome stuff that happens, happens here. Today was on the, on the spectacular scale was if we have 10 and sometimes we have a zero, maybe it was a four. Maybe it felt like a seven to you. But it doesn't matter what it was. We're here, and we're saying, God, we're here. We want what you have for us. And if a glory cloud shows up or tremendous signs and wonders happen, we are all for it. And, God, we are behind you, and we support you in your decision. <laughs> How many of y'all would be like, Lord, I support you in your decision? Amen. There's a lot of things that happen in the spirit. I've had many people over the years come up and say, I saw angels. I had one lady one time, she said, I saw two angels standing beside you the whole time you were up there preaching. And I'm always like, I don't see any of that stuff. I never feel any of that. But I believe that that stuff happens. And I've met people, and there can be actually be a worshiping of angels that's improper, that's not right. I've met people that have gotten off into like seeking to see angels. Listen, if you're seeking to see an angelic visitation to have one, Satan will help you out. <laughs> it says that he comes disguised as an angel of light. I've had people, because see, the way that faith works is that you can believe God for something, or you can just believe for something, and you can see it manifest in your life. But when you're seeking for things that God's not having you seek and are, and are not necessarily part of his atoning work, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff, particularly with angels. Because there are angels that will come disguised as an angel of light. Lots of world religions have started because they received some kind of angelic visitation. And it wasn't an angelic visitation from God. It was from the enemy. We're not supposed to seek signs and wonders. We're supposed to seek him. And signs and wonders will come in the right way, in the right time. God will manifest those things for our benefit. And I think it's foolish if anyone ever was like, oh, we're not seeking signs and wonders. I mean, a glory cloud shows up. We're going we're gonna to participate in that. We're going to watch that, but we don't seek those things. Does that make sense? Yeah. What causes us to be able to say that we are in a revival and that our country, and I've, I've changed my language, we're not going to have an, an awakening. We are in an awakening. Yeah. Our country is in an awakening. Yeah. It's just maybe got like one little crack open and some eye boogers still there or whatever, but it is, it is awake and it is the process of coming out of its slumber in Jesus' name. 
But what we don't want is just for an excitement to hit the land and not have anything lasting. We want lasting fruit, and that only comes when the hearts of the people are transformed from the inside out. Because transformed people bring reformation. People that are just revived in a service, you could just be revived in a service and you not have anything else that changes in your life. And that is not what God is after. That's why he's, he, didn't say, he didn't say to his disciples, go and make a bunch of hopped up, hyped up, excited people and have some amazing services. He said, go and make disciples. Go and make learned ones. That's what a disciple means. One who is learning or a learned one. Go and make people. And you can't make them, but he was saying, form those people. You pull them out of their life, out of their world, out of whatever's going on, and you instruct them in my ways. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you, but your job is to go and to make disciples. Amen. That's a really good word. So that is exactly my aim and my goal when it comes to what we're doing in church, what we're doing in lives. And my job as your pastor, I was thinking about this. My job as your pastor is not to be your friend. I, I love you and I love friends and your whole family, but my job is to lead, to feed, and to protect. And the reason that I do that is so that we... We have this hub, we have this realm, we have this sphere, we have this church that is producing disciples and producing disciple makers. I got a word recently that I'm a gladiator trainer. I was like, what in the world? Gladiator trainer. I still don't have my mind wrapped around it. But I'm, I will say this, I'm not just making disciples, I'm making fierce, fiery, strong, kick butt kind of disciples. Amen. They can take territory. Hallelujah. Amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.